1: Good morning. All right. Can everybody hear me all right? You like my Britney Spears thing? You know, I'm going to bust the move here in a minute. No, I, I hate this thing. I'm sorry. I, I like the, the thing. that Anyway, this is just it, it irritates me. It gets in my beard. But anyway, uh, Brad says I need to have this so the recording will sound better. So that's why I'm doing it. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming back to Victory Church this week after I depressed you last week. I was surprised that anybody came back. I I don't know about you guys, but I went home last Sunday just beat up. I was so tired and just, you know, of course. And I even knew the good news that was coming, which most of you do too, right? So you shouldn't have been too depressed last week because the other side of the coin is about to to be revealed. But last week we talked about sin. We talked about the fall. We talked about the consequences of sin. And I want to touch on that just a little bit this morning because... uh, it's just laid heavy on my heart this week to just speak a little bit about the sin in the world and what we've been what we've been seeing and what we've been hearing and contrast that with the good news, the good news of this message. So let's pray before we get started. Dear Lord, we thank you for the day you've given us and the time you've given us to meet together. Lord, we praise you for having this place where we can come together. We know, Lord, that the church is not the building. The church is the people. But we praise you for the building and a place that we can meet in safety and comfort. And we can sing your songs of worship and we can hear your words spoken. Lord, I thank you for bringing these people together, moving in their hearts to be here in like mind and like heart and like spirit to hear your words spoken and to praise your name. Lord, I ask that you be with us today, that your spirit move through this congregation and move through this service. Lord, I pray that you give me the words to speak and lead me the path that you would have me go. And I open the minds and the hearts that all that hear to this to be receptive of your word being spoken into their lives. Lord, it is our honor and our privilege and a blessing to us to be here this morning. We ask for your grace in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Last week I was talking about sin. And I know it was a real downer. It was talking about the fall from grace. It was, you know, I, I, I tried to make the point of what grace really was. What paradise really looked like last week was kind of like paradise created and then paradise lost you know what can you imagine what it would have been like to walk in the garden with God every day can you imagine how that communion must have been between God and his creation so that they're that intimate with each other and that's what we lost that's what sin destroyed it it broke that communion with God but it not only Broke the communion with God It started everything in the universe on a death spiral We can never go back after that So mankind is doomed We're all the recipients of sin We're all carry sin in our lives None of us is righteous So I talked about the the sin and the despair and the fall And then this week all you have to do is turn on the radio or go look at or look at Facebook. I guess how to get how to get in the current century. Go look at Facebook. And what do you see? You see sin. You see the fall. You see that you see the earth circling the drain because of sin, because of the introduction of sin into our lives by the first of the creation. So we understand what sin is. We can see it around us. But we also need to recognize who we are. We're God's supreme creation. And that's disparaging and discouraging to me because we're God's supreme creation, but we've fallen so far and we're so far away from God because that sin is all around us. Just look at this week. I have been so grieved this week because of what has happened. What about Charlottesville? What about Barcelona? In this other towns around Barcelona. There's so much hatred. There's so much hatred in men's hearts. And where does that come from? Where does this hatred come from? It comes from the sin that is part of us. It comes from the Lord of lies, the devil himself. Can you imagine the joy the devil must be having in events like this week? You know, because the devil cannot. We're God's people. devil cannot reach us, God's people, directly. Because, because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us And the protection of God Now that doesn't mean that God always protects us He does But sometimes God allows bad things to happen in our lives And he uses those bad things The devil cannot get to God directly But if he can harm us If he can harm his creation Then he can harm God Because God loves us And he loves everyone He loves everyone that, that has ever been born Everyone that's ever lived on this earth is an image bearer of the living God. But God is love. And God put us on the earth to love us and he expects us to love each other, but we don't. But we don't. Mankind has fallen so far from God that we've forgotten how to love each other. The only thing we know how to do now is hate. Every one of us was a special creation of God, a body, spirit, and soul trinity made in the image of God. And he created us so that he could love us and we could love him and we could love each other. But we've fallen so far away that we can't even see that anymore. But God loves us. And there's no room for hatred in God. And I don't care... About your creed, your race, your religion, your orientation, your political leanings. I don't care. God loves you, and so must I. And so must you. Hatred is wrong. Bottom line hatred is wrong, whether it comes from the left, from the right, from the middle, it doesn't matter. Hatred is wrong. Holding hatred in your heart for another human being is sin, It's condemned by God, and it is wrong. I don't care if it's preached from the pulpit, or the synagogue, or the mosque, or the locker room, or the nightclub. Wherever this comes from, it's wrong, and it's sin, and there has no place for it in our lives. Say amen right there. The world has gotten so far away from God that love doesn't even register anymore. The only thing they know is hate. And they take this seed of hatred and they build it up in their own hearts and they pass it on to to the next generation. They build this hatred into their children. And it's lived out all over the world. But we don't act that way, do we? Us, I mean, Victory Church. We don't act that way. You look around in this church, what do you see? You see young and old. You see white and black and Asian and Hispanic. You see men and women. You see people that have been formerly involved in other religions or other denominations that are now worshiping in a free will Baptist congregation. Or they had no spiritual life at all before they came here. All of that doesn't matter. Because they're God's people in God's house. And there is no hatred here for anyone. Amen to that? Only love and acceptance and sinners loved by God. So how does God feel about all this? It's clear in Scripture that, that the sin demonstrated this week in the world condemns all of us. And it demands justice. Not from man's courts. Although government is ordained by God and used for his purposes, but God's final justice. Because God is just, and sin must be repaid. Sin has a cost. We talked about it last week the price of sin, how much it costs us to be separated from God, and the price that must be paid. What is the price of sin? price of sin is death. Redemption for sin can only be through shed blood. And I'm a sinner with a debt I cannot pay. So I looked around this week and I saw all the injustice in the world. I saw all these things that were going so far wrong. And God's justice is going to demand that there be some kind of payment for what we saw this week and the week before that. In the centuries since the fall, each and every one of us is held accountable for the sin in our lives. And each and every one of us has a debt that we have to pay. Because God's justice demands it. So I looked around and I saw all the injustice and I asked God, I said, Where is the justice? I asked God for justice. Because it's everywhere. When is the debt going to be paid? When are, the, when are the sinners going to be called to account? And I cried out in the pain of this week with all that was going on and, and all the, the death and hatred that was portrayed and the sin that was lived out this week. I cried out to God and I said, why do you allow this to happen? And God heard my prayer and he reminded me of something. He reminded me that I'm a sinner too. That I'm a sinner in need of a savior. That I'm ruined. That God requires justice. He's going to demand justice from me. Just as he will from you. Because justice requires my death. My sacrifice. I've heard people say that God is not fair. And I say thank God for that. Because if God was fair, I'd be dead. If God's justice was the final word, then we'd all be dead. He would, have, he would have destroyed his creation long ago. Because justice requires death and sacrifice. But God in his mercy provided something else. God provided something that the world can't see. And aren't willing to accept. God provided mercy. He provided grace. Because there was a man. But he was more than a man. He was God. He was God. Born as a man. Lived lived a sinless life. Deserved no condemnation. Deserved no judgment. But he he was judged anyway. He was convicted as a criminal. And he died in shame. But then he was raised as God. See, Jesus' death overcame sin. His resurrection overcame death. The price had been paid. The price that sin demands from me and from you has been paid. God's justice has been fulfilled through the birth, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That debt has been canceled. And all you have to do is accept that, believe and accept that free gift. And all of that death that I was talking about, all that judgment that I was talking about is gone. It's no longer part of your life. You see, there's a price to be paid and God paid it. Sin must be atoned for, blood must be shed, and God provided the atonement and the blood. But who am I that God should love me that much? God sent his son to earth to die for me. How do I deserve that? What have I ever done that makes me worthy of the sacrifice of the son of God himself? In Romans 3, starting in verse 10, Paul said, And it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There are no one who understands, no one who seeks God all have turned away. They have together become worthless and there is no one who does good, not even one that describes me. And that describes you. Nothing, nothing that says makes me righteous, nothing I have done makes me deserving of salvation. There's not a single thing I can do to bring myself an inch closer to God. But God. It goes on in verse 13. It says, Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and mercy mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God in their eyes. That's mankind. No fear of God. In their eye, before their eyes, nothing we have done makes us worthy of what God has done. Nothing I have ever said or ever done, no work that I've ever done, no good deed that I've ever done, no amount of money that I've given to the church makes me righteous. It's only through the death and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and the big theological word propitiation. It's only for. Jesus paying the debt that I owed That gets me where I am now In a position of reconciliation with God And how do we get there? Is it just enough to understand that Jesus came to earth? Even understand that Jesus is God In the flesh Incarnate and then he lived a perfect life and he died and he went and, and was resurrected on the third day and he ascended back into heaven. Is that enough? Is that enough to just understand that and know that to be true? No. There are a lot of people who are Bible scholars which are farther than God, from God than they know. <coughs> It's not just understanding the truth about Christ. It's believing the truth about Christ. It's faith that makes the difference. Because we're saved by what? We're saved by grace. Through faith. Not from our own. So that none of us can boast. It's faith in Jesus Christ. The shed blood on the cross that buys our redemption. Last week was the bad news. This week is the good news. Now, this this sermon's coming off a little heavier than I intended to. This is good news. We should be cheerful here. From this point on, I'm going to smile as I say it. Because all those bad things, all those horrible things that we talked about last week and a little bit yet this morning (coughs) are no longer part of our lives if we're part of Jesus Christ. If we've given ourselves to Him, if we've signed our our lives to Him, if we've dedicated ourselves to Him through faith, not through works, but through faith. If we truly have faith in the Son of God, then we are saved. And that's the good news. Because without Christ in our lives, we're doomed. We're condemned. Our Our eternal home will not be heaven. It'll be someplace far worse. We'll be separate from God forever. But because of what Christ did, because of what what Jesus Christ and God have done, God himself provided the way out. He laid down his rule, he laid down the rules, and his justice demands that the violators be punished. But he provided the punishment. He provided the redemption. He provided the way back to him. And that's through the blood of Jesus Christ and our faith in that in the salvation that he brings us. Because righteousness comes by faith alone. In Romans three twenty two it starts out this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came from Jesus Christ. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short, but we're all covered by the blood of the Lamb. See, death came from Adam. Life came from Christ. In Romans 5.12, it says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, And in this way, death came to all men because all have sinned in Romans 515 scripture verse that, that Dustin read this morning. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many. Sin came into the world. Because of the fall of Adam. Redemption came into the world because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, the gift from God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man. Not me, not you, but Jesus Christ. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings the life for all men. Because before then, I was dead in my sin. Before I'd made that choice, before I accepted that gift, before I placed my faith in Jesus Christ, I was dead. I was condemned. After I am redeemed, I'm a beloved Son of God. I am God's special creation, spiritually as well as physically. I now have that community, have the opportunity to go boldly into the throne room of God and speak to God himself, just like Adam and Eve did. They were able to walk in the garden with God and commune with God. Now that I have the Holy Spirit residing in my heart because of my decision to accept the free gift of grace in Jesus Christ, I now have the right to approach God directly. I now have the right to be back in communion with God, the Creator. Because of the work of God the Son and the working of God the Spirit. Can you imagine that? Think about that. What a privilege you've got. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the keys to the, to the throne room of God. You can, take your, you can take your burdens, you can take your struggles, you can take your praises, and you can go directly to God and He will listen to you. And He will communicate with you through the Word and through the Holy Spirit and through other Christians in your life. You're now back in communion with God. If you've, if you've accepted the Holy, or Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Him through faith and the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart, you now have kings, the keys to the throne room of God. That communion that was broken by the original sin has now been healed. We're back in communion with God. Can you imagine what, what a blessing that is? To be able to speak to, you, to your Creator directly? It's something that we should never take for granted. It's something that we should make a part of our daily lives. and something that we should rely on when times are good and when times are bad. Power of prayer can never be discounted. Because I was dead before, but I'm alive now. In Romans 6, it says, What shall they say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may be increased? By no means. We died to sin. How did we do that? We died to sin. We accept Jesus Christ. What happens? The Holy Spirit. Takes residence in our heart, becomes part of who we are. The Holy Spirit works in our hearts, He works in our minds, and He convicts us of sin. He points out our wrongdoing, He eliminates, illuminates the Word for us. He brings us special understanding and spiritual understanding and knowledge. Sin doesn't own us anymore. We now have the power to overcome it. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of you who are baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. And that's the good news. Do we feel a little bit better today? Last week was a real bummer. This week is glorious. This week is the good news. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, for mine, for yours, for every human that's ever lived. Every sin that's ever been committed and ever will be committed has been paid for and atoned for by the blood of Jesus Christ and that's the good news. God can now look at us and see only the righteousness of His Son. He doesn't see me in my filthy rags. He doesn't see me in my sin. He sees Jesus Christ's light reflected for me Jesus is my intercessor he's sitting at the right hand of God saying yeah yeah that one's mine when God calls me to account I don't have to say a word I just have to step aside and let my defense attorney speak and Jesus will say I know him and God will say it's good enough for me As opposed to those that don't know him, it'll be a much different outcome. So that's the good news. God in the person of Christ was offered up as a sacrifice once and for all time for all mankind. That's the good news. We were dead in sin through our, we are dead to sin through our life in him. Justice has been replaced with grace. And grace leads to salvation. So how do I know I'm saved? In Romans 10:13 it says, for, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, that if he confesses with, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the question I have for you this morning, have you done that? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you professed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe in your heart? That God raised him from the dead. What does Easter mean to you? If you believe all those things to be true. In your heart. Not just in your mind. But in your heart. And you're convicted. Of the truth. Of the gospel. You are saved. That's how you know. What other evidence is there? We like to call them radically transformed lives. And I have seen many. Many of those some of the people in this room i've seen your lives transformed radically because of the good news of jesus christ so have you done that as as i was studying for this for this message i came across something that i wrote about 5 years ago and i remember i don't remember the details but i remember that i was going through a bad kind of a bad time spiritually I was a little, I was low. I wasn't feeling real supercharged and on fire for God. So I, so I started writing these things down and I'm looking back through my notes and I, and I found this and I thought it would be perfect time to bring this into this message. And this is what it says. It says, I am the least of these in my herd. I called out to God for justice. He asked me if justice was what I really needed Because justice brings wrath Justice demands repayment for sin Justice demands blood to be shed Justice demands death And I realized I had wounded God And I had denied his love I had walked too long in the world And I had forgotten the way home I had lost the love for God My sin created a debt that I could not pay. No trial of mine could repay God. Nothing I can do can bring me closer to Him. My righteousness is filthy in His sight. I was lost, I was doomed, and I was hopeless. I'm a slave to sin, and there's no way out, and there's no way back. The grave opens its mouth to swallow me, and I'm hopeless. But there's good news. I asked God for mercy and He gave it. I asked God for grace and He poured it out on me. I asked God for a Redeemer and He gave me His Son. A debt that I could not pay was paid by Him. A life that I could not save was saved by Him. The chains of sin that I could not bro- break were broken by Him. The love that I could not find was given to me through wounded, bloody hands. He is the way home. He closed the mouth of the grave forever. You see, I asked God for justice, and God gave me His Son. The wrath of God was poured out on Him. The justice was made complete in Him. Repayment for my sin was made by Him. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer lost. I'm no longer dead. I'm no longer hopeless. I'm free. I'm found. I'm alive. I have hope. I asked God for justice, and instead, He gave me Jesus. That's the good news. That is the good news. So we talked about the fall. We talked about sin. We talked about the condition of mankind without a Savior. This week we talked about the Savior. We talked about redemption from sin. We talked about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Next week we're going to talk about what's next. You are a sinner In need of a savior Then you are a sinner who has found a savior Now what? Now you're a saved sinner That lives in this world And carries out God's plan So that's what we're going to talk about next week Next week is all about the plan of God And the plan of God in your lives The redeemed sinner And what do we do next And where do we go from here? So the band can come up if you like to. I'm going to have a altar call. I feel better t- having said this. I was burdened when I started this message. My heart was heavy. The load's kind of lifted a little bit. Because of who Christ is and what he's done. Pastor John said it, you know, all that's going on in the world can really can really bring us down. Can really make us wonder. Really make us doubt. But we have to remember always that God is in control and nothing's happening in this world that God does not control. God is allowing sin to play out for a reason. It's up to us, the redeemed, to trust and follow And obey and worship and praise. All right. Let's pray. Lord God, we come humbly before you as always, thanking you and praising you for the work that you have done. Lord, we understand that it's through us, through mankind, that sin entered the world and Communion with you was forever damaged, was forever broken. That nothing we can do as human beings could restore that communion. There's an uncrossable gulf between man and God. We struggled for so many years and so many generations to find our way back to God. All of it was fruitless. All of it was pointless. There was no way back. We tried working our way back. We tried sacrificing our way back. We tried many different ways and all of them failed. Until one day, in a small town, a baby was born. The Son of God made man. Who lived a sinless and perfect life to demonstrate to us that it is possible for man to do. Even though we all failed except for Him. It showed that God still cared. It showed that God still loves the people that He created. He loves us enough that He sent His only Son to die to satisfy His holy justice. Lord, we thank You for the opportunity now to accept the gift the grace so freely offered that you put in place by the birth, the life, the ministry, the death and the resurrection of your Son Jesus Christ, you've made it possible for us to reapproach God, to cross that gulf. Jesus is the bridge that brings us back to a loving God. Lord, we, we understand now our responsibility. We've got one thing, yet one thing to do. We can't work our way back into your good graces. The only thing we can do is accept your Son and to follow Jesus Christ, to give our hearts over completely to Him, to lay down our lives at the foot of the cross so that we can be resurrected into new life, just as Jesus was. Lord, we thank you for the grace. We thank you for the good news. Lord, if there's anyone here today that has heard the good news, but has not given their life over to Jesus Christ, I pray today would be the day you move in their heart, because you show them that they're a sinner in need of a Savior, and salvation is only a prayer away, a heartfelt prayer of a broken hearted sinner. So Lord, I ask if anyone needs to today, if anyone needs to feel your love in their lives, that today is the day. Lord, for those of us that may have done that years ago, that like me have sometimes felt low, sometimes wondered about our salvation, sometimes moved away, felt ourselves drifting away from the love of Christ, that you bring us back, that you rekindle that love in our hearts, bring us back to our first love rekindle our, our passion, rekindle our, our exuberance. Put that smile back on our face. Lord, ask that you be with this congregation, this people, this group of people that love you, that come here to shout their joy and to praise your name. Ask that you be with them and put your hand on their hearts and remind them that you are in control and that you love them and that grace has been poured out freely Lord, I ask that you go with us as we go through this week give us your special grace.
0: Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618 622 9360. Or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.